Hello and welcome to Locked On Astros, your daily Astros podcast. Here are your hosts, Eric the Man Heisman and Brett H-Town Wheelhouse Chansey. Hello, baseball fans. Welcome to Locked On MLB, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Where it's your team every day. This is the daily podcast. We talk about all the Major League Baseball. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. Thanks so much for making Lockdown MLB your first listen. As we're available on all your free podcasting platforms. And hey, why not make your second listen on the Lockdown Podcast Network? Be Lockdown Astros with my good friends Eric and H Town. H Town is here today. Did I mention my name? Then Paul Francis Sullivan. You can call me Sully. Sometimes I say these things so fast, and I've only done four billion of these episodes that I get a little bit. You know, sometimes, was have I introduced myself? If you're subscribing, you probably already know who I am. And you probably know you can follow us at Lockdown B Pods on Twitter and on Instagram. I'm your pal Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. Hey, let's not waste any more time because uh, this guy's been a mainstay on this show. I've done his show. He's done my show. Uh, we've done shows together. And he is here wearing what I like to call the Ken Caminiti special, the hat. From that, do you want to bring on H Town? Good to see you, man. Hey, man, thanks for having me on, Sully. I I love your show. You're doing a great job. Thanks, and you guys, you and Eric are doing. You guys are doing a great job too. Uh, it's funny. I had Eric on the show before I had you on the show because I had Eric on, I think, in the 2019 season, and I don't think I had you on till after the World Series uh, against Washington. I'm not going to mention that, but um, <laughs> you're wearing the hat that they started wearing, I think, in '94. Yes, 94 in the late 90s. You know, you had those great runs. You mentioned Ken Caminiti, Biggio Mm -hmm. Bagwell. You had Osmus. Derek Um, Bell was on some of those teams, right? Derek Bell. You had Daryl Kyle, Mm -hmm. um, the late great Daryl Kyle. Mike Hampton. Um, Mike Hampton. Randy Johnson. Pitching the Astros uniform with this. I mean, yeah. I was thinking about this. By the way, uh, I got H Town on the podcast today. We're just excited. For those who pulling back the curtain a little bit, sometimes this happens on the Lockdown Podcast Network where it is your team every day. And sometimes it's like, hey, you want to do a podcast today? And you sit and you write out all the stuff you want to talk about. And here we are about two minutes into it, and I'm throwing it in the air because I want to talk to you. I wasn't even expecting about talking, but I saw that hat. And I was thinking about teams that make the playoffs multiple times in a 10-year span but don't win a pennant in that span and they get kind of lost in the undertow. You know, the, those Astros teams with, you know, the BGO Bagwell right. still playing in the Astrodome, still in the national league. So they still felt more Astros that I, it's still weird to me that the Astros are in the American league at times. Um, it still is for us, but then you had like, there were so many wonderful players on those teams. We just rattled off just casually. We rattled off. You had Billy Wagner and I, was Lich though Lich was later. Lich but, Lich was later. You yeah. you had Wagner. You had mm-hmm. you had a young Billy Wagner. Um, you you had like you mentioned Derek Bell, Moises Alou. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, that's right, because he came yeah. over in the when the Marlins did their their fire sale. Alou, yeah, he was a, he, yeah. he missed he missed the season, but then he came back and was he was a Lou. Um, they had Randy Johnson for that one season where he was brilliant in that he one was. season. You know, my dad attended the first game that he pitched in the Astrodome. Mm-hmm. I was off at college. Um, he didn't bother to invite me. He told me after that he was at the game and he said, oh, my God, son, it was like going to a World Series game. He said there was, you know, 50 something thousand people there. 
packed stadium. And that's what was great about the Astrodome, which doesn't really compare to Minute Maid. Minute Maid is a, mm-hmm. is a pine box compared to the Astrodome. Right. And that was an amazing stadium to watch baseball. There's not a day that goes by that I don't think about going to games as a kid in the Astrodome. Yeah, and, and you think about if one of those years, like if that was it Tony Eusebio got a yes. ground ball that was stopped by Walt Weiss, that if it got through into the outfield, the Astros would have taken a 2-1 lead. Was that in 99 or 98? Those must have been that must have been 99 because the 98 they didn't play the Braves in the in the division right. series. They played San Diego. They played San Diego, and you know, San Diego had that amazing pitcher Kevin Brown. Right. Who, you know, it is only year just, in San Diego. His, his only, only year. year. Yeah. And but you know, Sully, those teams, like you said, they had so many great players. Kid Caminiti used to attend our high school football games. Mm. Um, to be honest, he was actually not a very personable guy. Right, he wasn't he wasn't easy to approach we had road rage yeah but you know <laughs> BJ, well, he, he you know he had some other issues that came out yeah, later exactly but, i'm sorry i don't mean to make light of it no just no but hey jose lima i remember meeting him we chased oh, his little man. chevy blazer down and he got out he's like guys what are you doing you're gonna get run over i was like no we just want your autograph he goes oh that's right it's lima time and he's i've got a baseball behind me with a lot of those astros on there oh, man. um and he's he's one of them i mean just great great players that those late 90 teams i was at the last regular season game against the dodgers when mm-hmm. the astros clinched the pennant um i was sitting in the upper deck and the rainbow seats i remember i had beer wait, wait, which, on which, me. which year was which year would that have been was that that was uh, that was actually 98 i believe was okay. the last year in the dome um well no no they were still there they were still there in 99 they were still there in 99. Oh, i'm sorry okay okay so, so it, yeah i think 2000 was the first year in was first was, year minute okay yeah, it, or, so and yeah and yeah, it, yeah, hey, Enron, hey, yeah. you know, um, I've got an Enron Field program signed by so Mark McGuire, the first Enron Field program Mark McGuire signed. I've got two, two really cool, iconic, you know, kind of controversial things in one piece of memorabilia. Wow, that's unbelievable. That's unbelievable. And the end of any controversy to ever take place in that stadium. But the... Uh, um, <laughs> sorry, I can't wow. resist. I can't resist. <laughs> wow. I'm such a jerk. Wow. You told me no rabbit punches, Sully. I know. I'm sorry. I'm such a jerk. Um, But, you know, I guess one of the point I was I was making and I was thinking about this, you know, in terms of, you know, the Red Sox, when they won in 04, that becomes the most beloved team Uh, in 2017 for Astros fans that did what that team meant to them. Uh, You know, for my dad and San Francisco Giant fans with the 2010 team. But I think about those other teams that didn't win, didn't even make the World Series that if they had won would have been like the most beloved team in the history of that franchise. I really think that, you know, obviously if you go back to like the, you know, 1980 and, and Nolan Ryan and all them, that that would have been amazing. But I think about so you think about wanting to have a team that is, has so many beloved players right on the team at the same time, you would have Bagwell and BGO. You would have had Hampton. You would have had, you know, have the Daryl Kyle may rest in peace. All these people, Wagner, probably if, if, I mean, if that ground ball got past Weiss, and for those of you who don't remember, the Braves seemed to be invincible and they just smacked the Astros around. But the Astros won game one of the division series in 99 and it was in extra innings. There was a runner on third. Tony Eusebio, one of the seven slowest mammals on the planet Earth, hit a ground ball that looked like it was going to dribble into the outfield to score the winning run. 
Walter Weiss of Atlanta made a diving stop and threw him out. And ultimately uh, the Braves won in extra innings and then they won in, in four. I think that Braves team would have beat the Mets in the NLCS. Would they have beaten the Yankees? I don't know because the Yankees were a great team, but also I didn't think they were going to beat the Braves. You have that 98 team where Randy Johnson came in. That was a hundred win team. That would have yeah. been considered one of the great, I mean, one of those teams would have been, if one of those teams had won, would have been the team that when you think of the Astros, that will be like, oh my God, that's the most beloved team of all time. Instead, they're relatively obscure, except for Astro fans. And you know what's amazing also, um, one team you didn't mention is the 1986 team when they played the Mets. And the Mets have all said, we knew that if we got the game seven, Mike Scott would have, we would have we would have been shut out. We wouldn't have won that series. Yeah. Um, that would have changed. We wouldn't have had the Bill Buckner thing. We wouldn't have had, you know what I'm saying? It would oh, have, I, it would oh, I'm aware. I'm aware. I'm just I'm saying. Aware. I'm just no, saying. No, I know. I know. And for those of you who don't remember that series, that was one of the great, you know, the Astros, <laughs> the Astros were involved in two of the greatest series of the 1980s. The 1980 NLCS against Philadelphia you could make an argument that's the one of the best playoff series in the history of baseball period. Oh, by far. And, and you had four straight games go into extra innings. The Astros had the pennant winning run on base where one swing of the bat in both games, four and five, they would have gone to the world series. And you know, if that had happened, then, you know, the Phillies are still waiting for their first world series title by 2008, you wow. know, and, you know, but in the, in, in 86, the, the, the Mets were the heavily favored team, but the Astros had the Cy Young Award winner and Mike Scott. And it's one of the things that really, to me, I, when I see, this is not me being old man Sully. When I see that we're moving away from rotations and more of, let's just have, you know, three innings and two and two and two or whatever, and what I miss is when you do that, you take away the specter of an ace pitcher that's coming. Yeah. A pitcher like Mike Scott or a couple of years later, Oral Hershiser, mm. or in, you know, 87 when Frank Viola won the World Series oh, yeah. MVP, you could have an inferior team win. And a big reason that would be because one pitcher kind of dominates. Mike Scott dominated the national league. And there was a sense of if they got to game seven, because he pitched complete game wins in one and four. Right. Um, <laughs> and they, the Mets won with a come from behind walk off home run in game three. They won an extra innings in game five and game six may still be going on uh, because it just kept going and going went 16 innings and the Mets would not go to anyone other than a Roscoe because they knew if they brought in some schmuck from the bullpen to let up a run, Mike Scott was going to come in. And it, it came down to the final pitch. The winning run was at the plate and Kevin Bass. And it, it was, mm. I know it wasn't a seven game series, but it felt like because they knew no one was beating Scott. Well, I was 11 and I remember crying. I remember crying when they lost because yeah. um, Billy Hatcher, Kevin Bass, we had actually. Um, we knew them. We didn't know them like like ultra personally, like not on a first name basis. But a lot of the guys my dad played softball with growing up knew Kevin Bass and Billy Hatcher, and they had actually come to a couple of my dad's games. His, his team was one of the best teams in the whole Houston area, so some of the Astros would actually come watch them play softball. And I remember like feeling like 
like those were like my friends at 11 and to see them lose like that it was it was crushing oh. as as a child to watch that yeah you must tell me what it's like to be crushed watching your team lose to the 1986 Mets I can't imagine what that could have <laughs> what that could have felt like uh, please please enlighten me on that by the way I want to right now um, I pulled up the 1998 Astros. Okay. And that team lost to San Diego. Yes, because, they did. Because Kevin Brown outpitched Randy Johnson in two games. Now, on that team, you had Osmus, you had Bagwell, you had Biggio, you had uh, Ricky Gutierrez. I forgot all that. Okay. It. Yeah, Ricky. You had, you had an outfield of Moises Alou, Jurassic, Carl Everett, and Derek Bell. Mm. Um, you. Uh, and here's a couple of things. And you had a, a pitching staff that included Randy Johnson, of course, Shane Reynolds, who had a wonderful yes. season that year. It was Lima time. Oh, you had Jose Lima and Randy Johnson. That's a lot of personality. I'm didn't didn't Lima win 20 games that year? Was that his uh, 20 Lima game won, season? No, he won 16 oh, games. Okay. Um, you had Mike Hampton. You had Sean Bergman, who was an underappreciated pitcher. You had um, Billy Wagner was your closer. Um, and you had, uh, but the, and Pete Shorek was also on that team. Here's something I did not know. I was uh, exactly now years old when I was informed that um, Peter Gavilia played 13 games for that team. He cashed a check with that team. No memory go. of that. No memory of that. And, uh, and Tony Eusebio, there he was, who hit the ground ball that could have changed everything. I love stuff like that. Yeah. I absolutely love stuff like that. I love you know, the alternate universes and um, and everything like that. But hey, H-Town, I need you to do me a favor right now. So I'm going to pull back the curtain just a tiny bit right here. Part of my computer just crashed right now. And I wanted to tell everyone a little bit about rockauto.com. But unfortunately, I can't because as much as I love rockauto.com, which is a family business that is been to, working for over 20 years to make sure that everyone gets the best parts and for their automobile, whether you are a hobbyist or whether you just love your cars. But I don't have the copy in front of me. So maybe you could tell us a little more than I can just off the top of my head. Exactly. So here's the thing with the ever increasing makes and models that are out there of vehicles, it is unbelievable that people still go to auto parts stores and they let the guy behind the counter go to his computer and go order parts from the warehouse where they it's only crazy. have like one or it's two crazy. options. And they overcharge guys like you and me, Sully, average everyday guys, like average Joes and Joeens that listen to the show, they charge them up charges because they're not mechanics. Well, not rockauto.com. They're family owned, like you mentioned, for 20 years. You can get tail lamps. Heck, you can even get carpet if you're still riding one really? of those. Oh you can God. get you can get brake pads and I've seen the prices. The prices are phenomenally different. Like if you go to Honda Odyssey, pump is like $356 at a store, Rock That's Auto insane. is 216. So you're saving 30, 50, sometimes 100%. And what's great is you can use your phone, you can go to your computer and type rockauto.com. It's that simple. Put your make and your model and find the parts and they'll deliver them to your door. You don't have to go anywhere. It's convenient and it's effortless, Sully. And do you want it's convenient? Because my car's broken. That's why I'm going to rockauto.com. It's like, yeah, I can't drive to the auto parts store. Why would I be going to rockauto.com? Other than the fact that like, I really, really need a new carpet. Well, do you want, there must be an easy way to find rock auto. Where, where can people go? And what should they do to let them know that we sent them? 
So they go to rockauto.com and when you get to the checkout, it's going to say, where did you hear about us? And in that box, you put locked on MLB and let them know that we sent you rockauto.com reliably low prices, amazingly easy to use website, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Well, do you want, it's funny, like that, that ad read right there, you did a great job. You're probably need a little boost energy to go to the next segment here. So let me just ask you a question. Do you need a built bar? Do I, I like, I always need a built bar. It's yeah. like oxygen. So what do I grab a built bar? Why would I grab a protein bar or something that's chalky, full of sugar, all the calories when I can go with something healthy, average is 130 calories, four grams of net carbs, four grams of sugar, and average about 17 grams of protein. And get this, they've got the first infused, protein infused marshmallow puff. Now, wait a wrapped. second, wait a second. You cannot infuse a marshmallow puff. They tried. Like yes. I didn't, I mean, didn't some of the players test positive for that? How is, the, <laughs> how is, how are we allowing ourselves? Is this good for you to have an infused marshmallow? Yes. Cause it's protein and it's wrapped in hundred percent chocolate and it's great because it, it satisfies you. And Sully, I've actually had one before workout. Sometimes I have one during the workout and sometimes I have it post-workout. It's all about getting the health benefits and you don't even feel like you're eating a protein bar. There's no labor involved. It's a labor of love. Why? Because it's, it's, it's basically a candy bar that's good for you. So if they go to built.com, what, what promo code do they use? I, you know what? If I were you, I'd use lock 15 to get 15% off your next order. Because let me tell you, part of my problem is I was using regular marshmallows during my workout. And I was wondering, why am I not getting the results? But if you're trying to tell me that I can use the built puffs. Now, what's your favorite built bar flavor? My favorite Built Bar flavor has got to be cookie dough. It no, just it just is. I just love that. But the Built Puff is the, is the churro because I'm from Texas. We love churros down here. And that's my favorite Built Puff. Yeah, I mean, I I do love the churro because I love the cinnamon flavor. That's fantastic. Of the bars, uh, you know, cookie dough is great. Uh, I love the mint brownie. My personal favorite one is raspberry because I love that tanginess with the chocolate. It's, it's all pretty good. But they're coming up with new flavors all the time. They're probably going to create ham, ham built bars. That's the, we're going to see what that's all about. Go look at that. You 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 laugh at me. Okay, that's the end of that sentence. But built.com, you use promo code lock fifteen. Easy for you to say, and you get fifteen percent off your next order. That's built.com. Use promo code lock fifteen for those built bars. Sing that jingle with me. Builtbar.com. By the way, hey, there's another thing you could read for me right now. Yeah. Uh, because guess what's going on this weekend? It's oh, the biggest weekend bro, for Cincinnati Reds week. fans. And, yeah, it's Super Week. Yeah, so it's Super Week brought to you by Get Upside, and there's no better place to get the coverage of the big game than the Locked On NFL podcast, Locked On Bengals, Locked On Rams, RNLA, all week covering the big game. Man, it's going to be super. It is. Uh, and here's super. a bowl. There's a bowl. That's right. Super salad. Oh, wait, that's the restaurant. I don't really know like going to, but. <laughs> well, hey, look, we're here with H-Town Wheelhouse dealing with the fact that I just, my uh, uh, my Google Chrome just crashed, but we pressed on. We pressed on as if we got an infusion of energy from Built Bar. You know, Built Bar's less. Oh, wait a minute. We don't have to do that anymore. Hey, um, the Houston Astros. Yes. Uh, last year, they made it to the World Series. They beat the Red Sox. 
even though the Red Sox hit 17 grand slams in the first two games of the That's what it seemed like, right? And then suddenly like. they forgot how to hit. It was a, it was, there was no better microcosm for the Boston Red Sox than how they couldn't stop hitting at the beginning of the series and then forgot how to. But one thing the Astros should do right here and now is send a big, big fruit basket or a basket of built bars to the Red Sox for eliminating the Tampa Bay Rays because the Astros didn't have to face the Rays. That's right. And I thought for sure, I thought the Rays were going to rampage all the way. I, I mean, I didn't. I was stunned the Red Sox won the wild card game against the Yankees. And I thought they, the when we were four innings into game two of the division series, I thought this is going to be a Rays sweep. And the Red Sox came back to win. And the Astros had a great matchup with Chicago, which is not a bad team, but mm-hmm. they were terribly matched up against Houston. It was so obvious. I mean, I, I'm good for the White Sox. I got the one win. But right. the other three games, it just looked like a mismatch. It wasn't even close. You know, yeah. with all of the vast differences in home runs, it makes you wonder, was Major League Baseball possibly using two different baseballs? No, hmm. no. Hmm. So now, now let me just tell you something. I have, uh, the, the, everything is on the up and up. There is no shenanigans going on here. Because None. integrity and baseball are synonymous, like 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 America and cherry pie, right? Yeah. Well, hey, look at what well, I look Bud Selig and Rob Manfred in the eye and say, why would they lie to me? But um, as it turned out, the 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 Astros pitching was just good enough, not good enough the first three games against Boston, but then you know, yeah, the- they they you know shorted up. I mean, some of their key guys who were they were really depending on. Um, especially when Lance McCullers goes down with the injury and 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 everybody not knowing going into the World Series. Um, I actually I actually knew um a few days before the news came came public, I knew that Lance McCullers was going to be out for the World Series. And I just wondered how they were going to weather that storm. You know, Framber had that game where he had that big clunker and then he came back and was yeah. it was great. Luis Garcia had his ups and downs. Um, Urquidy had, I mean when you don't, when, when you're at the beginning of the season, you lose JV and then Lance McCullers goes down. Um, the fact that the Astros got to their fifth straight ALCS, I think was phenomenal. Um, but as an Astros fan, I will say this, um, tip your hats to the Atlanta Braves because they did a man-sized job and they weren't expected to win. They were, they were the team that basically all the guys they traded for contributed it, yeah. it was it was an amazing run and there's there's no shade that i can throw at any atlanta braves fan because they deserved it they basically kicked our tail um by the way i wanted to say that yes the the, the 2021 world series champion braves should forever put an end to anybody trying to grade the trade deadline the day mm. after the trade deadline because they won the trade deadline they did I mean, jock peterson contributed huge home runs in the series against Milwaukee. And then it was, um, what's his name? Um, Jorge Soler? No, no, no. The, the guy okay. from, from, they got from Minnesota. Um, oh, are uh, you talking about um, Eddie Rosario? Yeah, Rosario, yeah. yeah. R- uh, Rosario was the national, oh, the American League Championship, no, the National Championship Series MVP, sorry. Okay. So we're switching teams back and forth. And then, um, and then of course, Soler is the World Series MVP. They, if they gave out a division series MVP, it probably would have gone to Peterson. They yeah. got they got two uh, postseason MVPs 
arguably three on uh, the trade yeah. deadline. And I guarantee you when people were putting out grades, no one was saying, well, it looked like the Braves won the trade deadline. They got Jorge Soler and Rosario and Jack Peterson. Oh, my you God. Know, and when Soler was coming up with the Royals, I remember all the buzz about him. And then he had kind of fallen off a little bit. And, and so, you know, sometimes, Sully, those guys are in a perfect position because no one, there's no pressure on them to perform. They can play loose. They can be relaxed. And, you know, hand it to the Braves bullpen. I, I mean, the Braves yeah. bullpen was masterful. Yeah. The, well, I, I remember, I mean, that's really, I underestimated the Braves when I came on here. Like, I thought they were going to get their, the butts kicked by Milwaukee. So and did the that, lock. Well, well, the locked on Braves host thought that they were going to lose four, you know, four games to one. They thought the Astros were going to win it in five. Jake did. I thought the, I thought the Braves would get swept in the division series. Mm. I mean, forget the world series. I thought that, I thought the Brewers were going to kick their butts. And then after, you know, San Francisco had the, uh, the, the check swing from hell <sighs> and Los Angeles. Here's the reason why I hate that. Okay. Here's why I hate that. The Dodgers were probably going to win that game. But you had two great teams, the best teams in baseball, yeah. stupidly playing in the division series. All year long, they played great game, great game, great game, great game. This was a great series. It was coming down to the final pitch. Now, if Scherzer strikes him out, fine. Right. He deserves it. If he winds up getting a double in the gap, he deserves it. To end it on a questionable check swing. Oh, my God. That was. Just was like, oh, that was almost as bad as uh, um, Nathan Ovaldi not getting the called third strike in game Oof. four. I mean, that was the, yeah. Well, you, but 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 I will but I I'll say that that the re, that would have been a moot point if the Red Sox could have scored more than one run that game. But I digress. True. That's I digress. true. Well, you know, Sully, my son and I. So believe it or not, I had not been to a World Series game until this oh, past cool. year. So I took my thirteen-year-old son. Um, and we got standing room only tickets. Um, I did it after a leg day in the gym. I stood six and a half hours by the Conoco home run pump. And we loved every minute of it. Which it, game, which game did you see? We were at, we were at game two. We were at the right game. Okay, We good. were at the game two. <laughs> we were at the game where the Astros won. And Sully, I've been in that stadium when it's been loud. I was there for the, for the Cardinals Astros um, NLCS where Pujols hit the home run off a of lids. I remember it being deafening with the roof closed and then silence. I've been in that place when the Astros won in 18 innings against the Braves. So I've been to a lot of key games at Minute Maid. I forgot that the roof was open. It was that loud. I wow. looked up and I was like, oh my God, the roof's still open. Like I thought they had closed it. It was that deafening. It was that, it was that electric. And, you know, that is what I think because of 2017, fans have been clamoring, especially 19, Howie Kendrick. I mean, you talk about the pain there. The fans want another title. The players yeah. want another title. And you know what we didn't know the whole time is freaking Alex Bregman's playing with basically a broken hand. Right, yeah. Which nobody knew. We are like, what's his problem? Everybody's like, see, he's, he can't perform in the playoffs. It's like the dude was playing with one hand. And – there were so many challenges and so many hurdles they had to overcome, but you know what though, you still have to play the games, right? You can't right. make excuses and they didn't make excuses. Um, I just, the Braves just, I mean, the way they handled them in that last game. Yeah. It's hard to not just tip your hat and respect because it's not like they went to game seven and they lost it. Like they did painfully with Will Harris, giving up a crappy home run to a lucky hitter. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. So, well, yeah. I, I have to say that I, I 
you know, full disclosure, I've not been a huge Astro supporter over the last bunch of years. I don't know if you knew that or not. <laughs> but, um, but I will say that part of me was pulling for the Astros because I'm such a Dusty Baker fan. Yeah. And I, oh, and I, felt, I, and so. I felt that he, I would, you know, as he keeps bringing teams to the postseason, mm. um, I would love someone to talk about him as if he was a really smart manager. You know what? Maybe his methods are, can be unorthodox in game, but when you start seeing wherever he goes, they go to the postseason. Um, maybe at one point you start to detect a pattern. But two of my favorite people in all of baseball were on the 2021 Houston Astros. Dusty Baker was one, and Zach Greinke. I'm a huge yes. Zach Greinke fan. And you know when it when it looked was became clear that I really really wanted a Dodgers Red Sox. Well, I wanted a Red Sox Giants World Series is what I wanted, but when that couldn't come to fruition, I obviously wanted a Red Sox Dodgers. So naturally, I got Astros Braves. And when that came to pass, I know a lot of people were still hating big time on Houston for all sorts of reasons. I was thinking, do you know what? Uh, here's here's a couple of things I, I was thinking. A, I wanted Dusty to be a World Series champion. B, I wanted Zach Greinke to be a World Series champion. And C, and please take this the right way, I wanted there to be a controversy-free Astros title for Astros fans. No, I because, agree. Because there's, no matter what kind of a hater you are, and, and I have been called that from some people, but this team, this team was under a microscope that if they had one too many built bars before a game, let alone anything else, someone, there oh. was, someone was going to pounce on this club. So whatever you think about 17, 18, 19, whatever you want to say about that, and a lot has been said, nobody could say anything about the 2021 Houston Astros. And I just thought, do you know what? That's one way to t- finally turn the page on everything yeah. is to say they won it. And there's, there's, there's nothing you could say about that. And you so, know, and, and I, and I thought that was, I thought those were three things happened. So naturally the Braves won. <laughs> well, exactly. You know, baseball is going to baseball, right? Um, right. You know, um, if you love baseball, be careful, stay along, stay around long enough. It'll break your heart. That's just, that's just a fact. Yeah. But the Astros, even with McCullers out, even with JV, not even there, even with those question marks, everybody, everybody thought that the Astros we're going to beat that Braves team. Nobody thought after what the Braves had been through pitching wise in that previous series, there's no way they're going to come in, especially with the loss of Charlie Morton. Yeah, that was huge. Once Charlie Morton went down with that broken, um, was it leg or foot? Yeah. When, he, he pitched, he even pitched, yeah, on the he broken, pitched through uh, it. Yeah. He pitched through it. He like got a strikeout off of it, you know, and yeah. Charlie Morton is beloved in Houston. He is, he is one of the heroes of the city. I mean, when he comes back, he gets raving cheers and everybody loves that guy. When he went down, we we're like, Oh, there's, there's the title. Good. We got this. And yeah. We just, and I think in that game six, the way they just pounced on the Astros early on, that that Solaire home run, I just saw a view of that home run that I hadn't seen before. I saw the view of the home run from behind home plate. No, I saw I saw that same clip. Oh, yeah, it's my God. Yeah, it is because Minute Maid Park is such a small ballpark. Yeah. You know, that was fun watching the 
watch and I didn't I wasn't there live but the home run derby we had I believe it was 04 yeah um you know Lance Berkman was in that home run derby watching those guys launch the baseballs onto the street behind behind you know Union Station or what we called original Union Station Minute Maid Park um, right good lord it's just you hated it but you know here's the thing Sully the Astros they have staying power I don't, I don't see the Astros, even if they lose Carlos Correa, and I know you wanted to talk a little bit about him. We the are. Astros have staying power, and they're going to be around for a long time. I can see them winning six, seven. I can even see them maybe winning an eight. I'm serious. ALCS. I, I don't have any qualms saying that. Now, I may no, change well, my let mind me, let, half. Now, let me just say one thing. Are you saying that the Astros are a surefire bet to get back into the ALCS. I, I believe they are. I believe they're going to make number six. Okay. And well, if they are a surefire bet, where should you put your bets? Should you go to a, bet online, bet online, which remains the number one spot for any of your betting needs. I think it's obvious. I mean, you know, is it nighttime right now? Yes. Is the sun going to come up tomorrow? Yes. And just like that, Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. As football continues, it's March through the playoffs right to the big game here in the next week or so. BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just football. BetOnline has up-to-the-minute info on pro and college hoops. NHL boxing UFC along with live real-time updates of current games don't wait to take advantage of all the new and amazing offers available for the 2022 season so my question to you is Sully do you think Joe Burrow becomes the first NFL player to have a Heisman Trophy a national championship and win a Super Bowl well if you want to know go to betonline.net betonline where the game starts you know, talking about um, Burrow there, do you, the, do you remember the first time you heard his name? When was the first time you heard his name? Joe Burrow? Um, yeah. The first, the first time I heard his name is when he came to LSU from Ohio State. The first time I heard his name was about nine seconds ago when you were doing <laughs> a bet online spot. I have no idea who he is. Let uh, me I don't, tell you, I don't Joe Burrow football. is an absolute stud. He's an absolute stud. There you go. There you go. Okay, well, we're here with H-Town Wheelhouse of Locked On Astros. Um, and uh, by the way, just, just the last, the, the, the final just thought, you know, it, the the names, the three names that the, I know that we had mentioned Solaire, and I know that we mentioned Rosario and everyone like that. Um, it was Smith, Jackson, and Matzik. That bullpen. Yes. That, yes, that, I can that remember, I can remember Matzik. I couldn't yeah. remember the others. Yes, yeah. Matzik I mean, was just, phenomenal. And Smith and they just they couldn't they they couldn't be stopped and I saw that against LA and then you know I remember I I was one of those who said that hey look it they they shut down the Brewers they shut down Los Angeles they haven't faced a lineup like this they're gonna get smacked around and yeah. uh, they didn't so you gotta just you gotta tip your you gotta tip your 1998 version of the Astros hat to them for what they did definitely I right, do well, I mean that's phenomenal. All right, so um, last thing to talk about here, uh, the, the face of the Astros remains a free agent. And yeah. I do not understand why. Uh, I don't understand why the Astros have, you know, the Astros have deep pockets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that they have some top prospects who are shortstops, but 
I'm sorry, you have Carlos Correa and you have the guy who means so much to this team, so much to the 27, from 27, 2019 teams that you have a team that they can afford to, they can afford to sign him. Um, I, I don't understand why they are, they're, they're playing, they're playing games here. I don't, I don't yeah, get it. You know, and here is the pulse of Houston. So Lee, I, I did a poll um, yesterday. I got um, over over 3,000 votes on this poll. Um, I said, if you had to pick one of these moves in Houston sports, what would you choose? But those that you don't pick are all sacrificed. I mean, you can't have them. So I had the NHL to Houston, which is a hot topic here in town. Mm-hmm. The Rockets resigning Harden, which I don't know why you'd want to resign him, but it's a hot topic. Texans hiring a great head coach, which they already did. So this poll would be null and void today. They hired Levy Smith. I think it's a good hire. And Carlos Correa as an Astro. 66% of the 3,000 people that voted, voted for Carlos Correa. And every one of them said, Carlos Correa, yes, we would love hockey. Yes, we'd love these things. But Carlos Correa has put this team on his back and has become the face of this team. Like you said, and he deserves to be in an Astros uniform. I, I just, it's criminal to think him not being here, especially, you know, Cole, I don't, I don't have any delusions. Even if we win in 19, that Cole stays, I think Cole had his eyes set on New York the whole time, but you lose George Springer. And, you know, he was really kind of, he was your heartbeat. He was your cheerleader. And then Carlos Correa took on the mantra and the whole H town versus everyone. We have a local media company. That's a huge startup, Apollo media. And Carlos Correa wears their shirts, the H-Town versus everyone. Some friends of mine, Apollo Dez and Josh Stros, those guys started that. Right. And, and, you know, he wears that with pride and he loves this city. But at the end of the day, I can't begrudge a man who wants to go out and earn his potential. No, you know? no, and, no but and the I, and, Astros, right. I think here's, he, here's the sticking point, Sully. Mm-hmm. Crane, from what I understand, from what my sources tell me, has not been willing to budge past six years on a deal. He has not been willing to budge past six years, and I think he's stuck below an AAV that would give him less money than Francisco Lindor. And you can't begrudge Carlos Correa, but you would think that the Astros have to come to bat with a bigger offer than what they've offered. Here here are my issues I have, okay? And again, I will never begrudge someone. Correa Correa deserves every dollar he gets. Okay. And I'm, I'm never going to begrudge someone from going out and signing a deal. Um, here are the things that I have to say. He's still, he's in his late twenties. If he signs a six year deal, he'll be in his mid thirties. It's not insane to think that he would still be a very productive player in his mid thirties. The other thing is he's going to be more valuable in Houston. You and I talked about this before he, his value in Houston is greater than any other market. He doesn't come with any baggage. The only place, there are only two places I felt that he would have been able to go where he would be free of any of the baggage was Detroit. I thought he could go to Detroit, but they wound up signing Baez, so that's off the table. Right. I thought he was going to, you know, reunite with his manager at one point. Me too. Um, the other is, is Anaheim, and I think that I think there's a real chance he's going to sign with Anaheim. Mm. Because they have a hole at shortstop. They like making middle finger moves. And um, they love to do anything but sign top pitchers. So I think oh, yeah. that 
that Correa on that team, there'd be a great, there'd be a great get. Um, the thing that it just, Correa, you had mentioned it with the H-Town versus the world. Um, I think more than anybody, Correa understood during the COVID season um, and this year when there was so much animosity towards the Astros, he understood that it was, existed. He understood why it was there. He understood that for a lot of people, the, the Astros were going to be the bad guys. And so he took it as almost a rallying cry that may have made 29 other fan bases hold their nose, but it made the one fan base that he was playing for love him even more. And I think that he he understood exactly what to do and how to play it and kind of play with a little bit of a middle finger up. I'll give you. Yeah. And that to me was that was so you know why the Astros don't see that and say like oh my god we all thought it was Altuve was the face of this team we were wrong it was Correa and that that made me that made me that's that's my two cents on the topic definitely no it's very valid and 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 here's here's a little bit of Houston sports history um, of great players that didn't finish their careers in Houston Earl Campbell Nolan Ryan Hakeem Olajuwon None of them finished in Houston. The three 34s, the three greatest athletes in Houston sports history, Carlos Correa could be up there with maybe like a J.J. Watt, Andre Johnson, but Carlos Correa could be a part of that number, and he could be the first, and he's number one. He was the number one overall pick. He could be the first because even knowing Ryan left town, pissed off. Nolan Ryan got done twice wrong by this ball club, his, him and his family. Um, you know, I mean, you hated seeing Akeem trying to hang on to his legacy going up to Toronto. That was terrible. Hated seeing that. And then Earl Campbell for the saints. What is that? Like, come on. Like, no, he's love you blue. He is the Oilers. And yes, sorry, Tennessee, the Oilers is still Houston. It's not Tennessee deal with it. Anyway, sorry. I get, I get angry about that. Sorry, let it out. Um, let it out. This is locked on therapy. <laughs> Locked on therapy with Sully and H-Town. No, but that's what I just think that this could be one of those decisions where Jim Crane can separate himself in a legacy as an owner and saying, you know what? Let's go ahead and do this. Let's make him our ride or die. And everybody says, what about, what about Tucker? And what about Jordan? You can fashion a deal where when they come up that you give some leeway, you, you can, you can work those contracts around, but if you're going to have to then decide between Tucker and Jordan, I'm taking Tucker over Jordan every day because Tucker's the more complete player. Okay. That's it. I mean, Jordan, it, you know, yeah, I saw what Jordan Alvarez did against Boston. Yeah. It's, oh it's no. Fun. Oh, listen, I love Jordan. I don't want to yeah. lose Jordan. Make no yeah. bones about that. But if it comes down to those two players and who you're going to sign, you obviously would go with Tucker. Tucker's going to compete for the MVP this year. Carlos Correa is going to come back. Can you imagine what he's going to do if he plays a team in division? Every time he plays us, he's going to want to put it to the team. Okay. Not I'm the gonna, players. I'm going to make a, a, a comparison. Just hit. Okay. Me. Comparison just hit me. Um, and it's not 100% the same because this involved a trade as opposed to a player leaving via free agency. But if Correa leaves Houston, it could be the biggest blunder in terms of letting a superstar who could have meant everything to a franchise since 
the Dodgers gave up on Mike Piazza. That mm. Piazza was the star of the team. He wanted a big, huge contract, which he deserved. And when you stop and think about Dodger history, all of their greatest players in their team history have been pitchers, mm. whether it's been Newcomb, whether it's been Drysdale, Koufax, yeah. uh, Kershaw, Hershiser. They, when you think of who's the greatest offensive player in Dodger history, maybe Duke Snyder. Okay. Is it going to be who, but who else is it? And yeah. Piazza, Sean Green. You remember Sean I mean, Green? Yeah, Sean Green. You're, you, there's some Hall of you know, Jackie Robinson, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But obviously. he's not uh, offensively like like uh, Frank Robinson or Clemente. By the way, Clemente was originally in the Dodgers organization before he was swiped away. I did Pittsburgh. not know that. Wow. Branch Rickey discovered him. And then when Branch Rickey moved from the Dodgers to the Pirates, he said, oh, you got a guy. We're going to get him in the Rule 5 draft. And that's how the Pirates picked up uh, Roberto Clemente. Wow, did not know that. But um, you had, uh, you know, I mean, Zach Wheat. I mean, no, who, there is no greatest offensive player in Dodger history. If Piazza had stayed his entire career, the the was it the godson of Tom Lasorda, whatever his his relationship. Right. He was yeah. He was the son of Tommy Lasorda's friend. Drafted as a favor, shoots up, becomes their catcher, breaks all the catching offensive records he probably would have broken all the dodger offensive records he probably would have been the greatest offensive at least los angeles dodger in their history wow. instead they played games with the contract and now he's one of the most beloved mets in history yes he's he is more remembered as a, as met a met than he is a dodger and, and yeah. you're right i remember I remember when that came down because we, you were like, what is going on? With why are they, this? why are they playing games with Mike Piazza? It's insane. I, there then, are just certain players, you know, Sully, I get fan bases saying, well, we can't mortgage our future. We can't, but there are some of those players. There are those players that, you know what, you decide to do the hard thing because the hard thing pays dividends down the road beyond what you're paying the player to do on the field but like you say what he brings to the clubhouse what he the, brings to the community what he brings to exactly the, the identity of the, the city it, it goes exactly. beyond the clubhouse it goes True. to he understood what the astros were at that period of time and it was you know self-inflicted but it was yeah. it was not an easy time to be an astro and he said do you know what I'm going to wear it like a badge of honor and let's move forward. And he got it. I wish other players got it, but he got it. And that's not something that we can break down with Sabre metrics and everything. But one thing that I can't break down is that Lockdown Astros is a terrific show. Thank H-Town you. Wheelhouse and uh, Eric Heisman, not the trophy, is uh, who the, some guy you just said may win the he may be the first i think you were saying he could be the first professional player to go he, back and 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 win the heisman and score high on the sats or whatever it is you just said yeah um, joe burrow could be the joe first burrow, quarterback yeah. to win a super a bowl a heisman and an national hey real quick I'm such a can, joe burrow fan i'm such hey, a joe burrow fan if, he's my guy if i could tell your listeners this um on february 17th mm. Locked on Astros, mm. locked on Texans, and locked mm. on Rockets are doing a live event at the Social Beer Garden, San Jacinto Avenue. Basically, we're starting a live podcast from eight till nine. It's also going to be a Rockets watch party. We're going to have a huge live event. It's going to be an H Town takeover. 
all three hosts from all three major sports are going to be together for one night. Um, we're trying to get some guests to show up, some people. It's going to be fun. So if you're in the Houston area and you're listening to this, come check us out February 17th. It's going to be on fire. Hey, let me just not to quote Tom Hanks here, but Houston, you have a live stream. And so it's going to be a lot of fun there. Tell people where they can follow your show and follow you elsewhere. Yeah, they can follow the show at Locked on Astros on Instagram and on Twitter and on Facebook. They can find me at H-Town Wheelhouse on Instagram and Twitter and at Stros 411 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We're always positive, always Stros. Yeah, and you guys do such a great job. And I know we, you and I have had our needling in the past, but it's always <laughs> been a great fun and everything like that. Yes, sir. Uh, you guys do a great job on your show. I have no doubt that your Astros, Texans, uh, Rockets, uh, you're basically, it's for Houston sports, it will be Avengers Endgame because uh, they're all going to be coming out through the Doctor Strange portals and they're yes. going to defeat Thanos um spoiler alert but um for a four-year-old movie uh everyone else you can follow us at lockdown mlb pod same handle for instagram and by the way thanks so much again for making us your first listen as we're available on all your free podcasting platforms and hey second listen make that be lockdown astros you want a third listen i got a suggestion for you go to lockdown bets with your boy q an expert analysis from Lee Sterling. Don't look to me for your football analysis. I didn't even know who that guy who won the Heisman Trophy was. But go check them out. Make your bets. And uh, fill out your little, your little squares and everything like that for the Super Bowl party. I'm here in Los Angeles, the only region on the planet Earth not rooting for the Cincinnati Bengals on this upcoming game. Uh, but this is... Uh, uh, I'm only this gives you an idea of how baseball centric I am. The minute I saw the Bengals were going into the Super Bowl, I thought, good for Joey Votto. But get him off the hook a little bit. But everyone else, this has been locked on MLB for the eighth day of February 2022. Let's end this lockout, folks. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sullivan. <laughs>